Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 509. We're on time. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Carl Reese. Carl, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, and autopilot is engaged. All right, great. Well, our listeners will understand that as we get into your story Carl Reese is an American endurance driver who set more transcontinental driving records than anyone else since Erwin Cannibal Baker. Carl and his team set six world records in 2015 over a seven-month period, with the most notable being a solo motorcycle cannibal traveling from Los Angeles to New York. Carl did that run in 38 hours and 49 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I'm just trying to imagine that. Having ridden motorcycles, incredible. He holds the Guinness World Record for the shortest charging time to cross the USA in an electric vehicle among many of his records. And one of the most powerful things Carl's does is to partner with the Motorcycle Relief Project, where he helps our military veterans suffering from PTSD and other injuries to heal and to recover. So I hope we get a chance to talk about that as well. So Carl, I told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your passion for driving really long distances in automobiles. Well, to get started into that story, I have to give you a little background about myself. I've been a general contractor for about 25 years and a self-proclaimed workaholic. In 2006, between 2006 and 2009, I started having some health issues related to uh, the stress from being the sole owner of this business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I start working with a business coach to kind of find some work-life balance. And uh, part of that was to check off some of my bucket list items. Mm -hmm. And one of those uh, wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World's Records. So that kind of spurred spurred, uh, this passion for setting so many records. Oh, my gosh. Well, so many listeners out there that listen to Cars Yeah are entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, wantrepreneurs, people that are motivated and driven. And so many of us that have our own businesses or very active lives get so consumed by them that we don't stop to take the time to take care of ourselves a lot. 
And uh, I'm really happy to hear that. I hope that there's a way we can tie that into your story as we move forward. But you chose to set some pretty amazing records. So before I get into some of the questions, can you touch a little bit on that? Well, we first started out with the Guinness Book of World Record. We decided that um, we wanted to set the shortest charging time in an electric vehicle. And uh, Dina and I own a a Tesla P85D. Mm -hmm. And we did the math and we thought, well, if we don't stop, only to charge that we can beat the existing record. Um, so we asked a third friend to help us with the driving. And then, of course, Guinness required uh, a bunch of witnesses and timekeepers. And so we actually had to have a trailing vehicle of timekeepers and you know witnesses and people mm-hmm. filming. Uh, that started it off. And then once I got my teeth into setting one record, I started looking at uh, some tougher records to set, which... Uh, uh, one of those being the the fastest motorcycle time between Los Angeles and New York. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's absolutely incredible. And uh, it sounds like you took your hard work and drive that you had with your business and put it into these driving records that you do. So I'm wondering if your life coach, if you will, thought that this was a good thing for you to just <laughs> take one passion and drive and just literally drive it into the other one or... Did you find that these long drives kind of gave you a little bit of solace and rest and reflection time, or or was it pretty intense? For myself, I really enjoy driving. There is something about the sensation of getting behind the wheel and seeing a new road and a new mountain pass and just taking that, you know, great American road trip. And I hadn't taken one in so long. I mean, we just we pour ourselves into our businesses like you mentioned earlier and i just had fond you know memories of taking road trips with my grandfather and my dad when i was a kid mm-hmm. and i put that all aside to drive 100% into my business for so many years that it was taking a toll on me mm. and my coach said you know what are the things you enjoy what are the things that you want to make time for and how can you carve that out and Certainly, you know, getting, you know, back on the bike and and getting in the car were, um, you know, it is a time for me to kind of think about nothing else but driving. It wipes all the other thoughts out of my head, you know, and and that stress that you carry with you, you can't be thinking about when you're driving even slowly through a mountain pass on your motorcycle because it's such a hyper-focused activity that it it is, for me, it clears my head. Oh, yeah. You know, I used to race vintage cars and rode motorcycles, and I found both of those things required so much attention that unlike a drive into the office or the grocery store where you could get there and not even remember the drive, when you're on a bike, you can't go there. You've got to be focused on every pebble, every rock, every smell, everything that's going on, same as in a race car. So You dropped some really valuable nuggets of information here just as a start. One is, listeners, remember to find somebody that you can reach out to and talk to, a business coach, a life coach, a mentor of some kind that you can talk about your feelings, your thoughts, your aspirations, and get a different perspective because it sounds like it set you on a really incredible journey. And as we continue on that journey, Carl, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? It's obvious you love to drive, so Carl, take the wheel. 
<laughs> well, uh, my inspirational quote for my business prior to 2009 was, we're on time. Mm. <laughs> uh, and in a construction business, people really appreciate you being there on time when you say you're going to be. Yes. And that really um, kind of set the tone for my business. Uh, we, Our ethos is we don't promise anything that we don't deliver on. And so that does put a little bit of you know stress on the contractor, which that's what he gets paid to do. So, but our tagline for our business, uh, you know, from 2009 forward, is that we exceed expectations, and it is uh, on every single email that I send out, mm -hmm. and it's what I set forth as a, a bar for our subcontractors as well as uh, the girls that work in the office. And they know that I stand behind that. So it's just not lip service or a catchy, you know, catchphrase. It's how we run our business. And if anyone has worked with us in the past, they will contest uh, um, how we approach things just a little bit differently. You know, isn't it funny that both of those mantras or those slogans or those sayings have a lot of relationship to these cross-country record-setting trips that you're doing about time, the element of time, and doing things that you say you're going to do. <laughs> I see a trend here. Yeah. Uh, you know, for these cross-country records, we look at them as – I look at it in the sense of how I look at my business. We deconstruct a problem. So if there is a, a building defect and a client calls us and said, hey, somebody put a roof on for us three years ago and we can't get them to return calls, can you find this leak? Well, we come out and you know deconstruct the build and figure out how or where they made their mistake. And so when I look at past records and I study the history of everyone going back to Cannonball Baker, to Tibor Sarosi, to Fred Boyajan, all these guys that had set the motorcycle record before, I look at what they did to make their bikes better and how they planned their trip. And then I try to add the technologies of today and work out a problem-solving puzzle, and mm. that's what is—that's what you know drives me. To me, it's—it's it's a puzzle. How do I get across the country in 38 hours on a motorcycle? Well, I'm going to need a sleep stop because I'm not willing to crutch on Red Bulls or caffeine or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Just to answer your question, I kind of just—that's what propels me—is that I figure, okay, well, I'll break the drive up into two stages. Sure. I'll drive halfway across country and then I'll sleep. So uh, this is the way I approach, you know, both my business and record setting. Very cool. I love it. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about cars here. Is there a story you can share with us that instigated your passion for cars and for driving? You talked about going on road trips with your grandpa and your father. But is there a pivotal moment looking back when you realize that you were really a car guy, a motorcycle guy? Well, there's several. Uh, my grandfather and my dad both uh, managed gasoline stations when we, I was growing up. And so I had a lot of opportunity to see a wide variety of vehicles that would come in and, of course, drool all over them, you know, long before I even had a driver's license. Mm -hmm. But uh, my grandfather would let me drive his vehicles even before I had my driver's license. So I think he was a pivotal point in letting me, you know, steer the car or drive the car to the store or something like that. But um, when I really knew that I enjoyed momentum of a vehicle was uh, my first motorcycle. Um, 
you know, as a child, at the age of 12, I had to earn money cutting grass and doing chores above and beyond for my neighbors and uh, to save the money to mm-hmm. buy a used motorcycle. And the first time I threw a leg over that and I could actually go somewhere without having someone ask somebody to take <laughs> me there, yeah, we would cut through the woods and drive over the mountains. And it really was a uh, a pivotal moment for me. Oh, yeah. Freedom. That taste of freedom is strong, especially on a motorcycle, for sure. We used to take our little Honda Trail 70s down to Baja, California. My parents would take us down there camping on the beach and my sister and I would jump on those things and head off down the beach into the sand dunes. And, oh, man, you felt like such a grown-up. You know, we were only 10, 11, 12 years old, but you just felt so cool to have that freedom and the wind blowing in your air and the ocean spray. So I understand exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about a challenge or failure. These cross-country trips and these records that you go out there to set must be fraught with challenges, failures, obstacles, all sorts of things that get in your way. and and sometimes literally get in your way and stop you from achieving your goals. Could you share one of those situations with us where there was a huge challenge or a big failure? And the most important part of this, of course, is how did you overcome it and what did it teach you? Sure. The biggest obstacle was a tire failure that we had three quarters of the way across the country. And we had planned eight months in advance of which day that we would go based on the moon phase and I know that sounds crazy, but we wanted to go on a full moon to have the the most luminescence and visibility at night. And we had an alternate date picked, which, of course, was 28 days later, the next moon phase. And all that was running through my mind when this tire was starting to shred as I was three quarters across country is that I was already making good time and it looked like I wasn't going to make it. Every tire place that was within 200 mile radius, my team was calling trying to locate a replacement tire. And they were all 45 minutes out of my way, one direction. And it was a 45 mile, 40 minute tire change minimum, mm-hmm. even if I could get to there. And it would extinguish any chances of making the record. Oh. And fortunately, I had a good team surrounding me, but luck would have it. I continued down the road, uh, continuing east. And uh, the very next exit had a Harley-Davidson shop that happened to be open. Uh, They had a tire that wasn't quite the right size, but uh, was able to um, uh, make it work for the remainder of the trip. Mm -hmm. And that parallels with my business as well, is that you just don't give up. Even when all is dark and all looks like it's lost – you have to persevere, and I think that's part of the military training that's in me and probably <laughs> what my dad and grandfather instilled in me as well. Sure. They both just, you know, they weren't guys that ever gave up. You know, yeah. they just didn't hang their hat up and say, woe is me and feel sorry for their problems. They, you know, buckled <laughs> down and got things done. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Now, you served in the military? I did. I did my boot camp in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. All right. Well, I appreciate your service. Thank you very much. Thank you for your support. You bet. Anytime. Carl, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career or adventure aha moments. It's a time when I like to say the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way. Maybe the moon comes out and illuminates your way down a path that you think is the right way to go. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. 
Okay, so in 2008, I had my second heart episode, and my doctors told me that if I did not reduce my stress that my business was causing me, that uh, I shouldn't expect to live another six months. Oh my gosh. And I think that he was that dramatic to kind of shock me into making a change, and I reached out to a good friend of mine who introduced me to a business coach. Mm -hmm. She was fundamentally responsible for giving me these aha moments because I thought as an entrepreneur, no one knows my business like I know my business. Mm -hmm. You know, how could someone that's never, you know, worked beside me for the last 20 something years know anything about how my daily operations run? But she was very instrumental in showing me and opening my eyes of how to restructure the business in ways that would give me the time that I need to spend with my family mm. and give me the time and the opportunity to start focusing on my health. And I really thought everything would collapse if I did anything any differently than how I had been doing it. And so, um, you know, I would say if anyone of your listeners out there are an entrepreneur and they are struggling with similar situations, I would look into, you know, talking to a coach and uh, yes. getting some insight. Yeah. You know, you dropped another really, really valuable point there that you touched on earlier, and that is seeking out help. And so many times people that are type A's, driven people, business people that work so hard that you're right, we kind of feel like, well, I know what I'm doing. I don't need help because you look at reaching out as a weakness. But in so many ways, it is not a weakness. And uh, I did a little bit of consulting for some companies uh, in the last couple of years. And I would come in and see the same things. And for me, not even having worked in their industry, I could sit back and look at how things are going and say, oh, I see where your challenges are. And they would go, oh, I couldn't even see that. <laughs> because mm. so many times our head is down and we're rowing so fast that we don't crawl up to the crow's nest to look out on the horizon or look down and go, oh, I see some of the problems on the boat down there because <laughs> you were down there rowing away every day. So, uh <laughs> yeah, it's a really valuable lesson that you're sharing with us there. And uh, again, listeners, if you're you've got struggles like that, reach out, get some help. It's OK. Uh, there are people out there that can help you in ways that you have no idea that can uh, set you on a better course for sure, just like Carl. So great story, great personal story. Thanks for sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about Proudest Moment. You set some records after records after records. Is there one in particular that you're really proud of that really stands out for you? Uh, I think the Guinness Book of World Record that I set with Dina, Mass Tracy, and Rod Hawk, um, that was the very first record that we went after, and uh, because it's recognized by Guinness uh, for the shortest charging time in an electric vehicle, that was one that I had – I just wanted my name in the book from the time I was in elementary school. And oh, yeah. So when I, when I picked up the, the Guinness Book of World Records uh, when I was a child, I always thought, how could I be in here? Well, I'm too much of a health nut to smoke the most cigarettes at one time or <laughs> yeah. lift the most amount of weight. I know that wasn't going to happen. So when uh, we purchased the electric car, I looked at that as an opportunity to finally – check that uh, bucket list item off. Yeah, very cool. I remember having the Guinness book when I was a little kid, and I'd look in there, and it's just incredible. You go, my goodness. I mean, so many records, so many unique things. But I think it's great that when you're a kid, you set that goal, and when you grew up, you did it. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you and your team. Fantastic. And as you mentioned, that's really a record that you've got to have a good, strong 
team members around you to set, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, you just have individuals that also enjoy driving and that, um, you know, know when they are tired. Yeah. So, you know, so they know when to pass the wheel off. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time and talk about your first really special car. And since you like motorcycles, I'll say maybe that's a motorcycle too. You talked about that one you saved up for when you were 12, but is there a vehicle that you got that you went, oh man, I finally have it? Well, there's several, but to answer your your question, my grandfather helped me out with a street motorcycle when I was uh, about 19 years old, and that will always be a fond memory. Uh, Of course, my dad uh, helped me out with my first uh, car. It was a a Ford Escort that came out of his junkyard, (laughs) and uh, it had four wheels, and it went, and I was very grateful for that car because, again, it gave me an opportunity to be mobile and uh, made me so much more productive. And then another fond vehicle that I had was a a 09 Land Rover that I won the 2011 uh, Cannonball Run with with my brother. We outfitted it with a 26-gallon fuel cell, and we went from (laughs) Manhattan to L.A. in an an underground rally. And um, because we had spent so much attention to detail, we we ended up beating cars that were much faster than us, Uh but they had to stop for gas. And we were carrying way way more fuel, so they would lose 15, 20 minutes fueling up and – uh, on each leg of it. So that was really cool. But ultimately, the top vehicle that I am most proud of is, uh, you know, working through my career to a point to where I could um, purchase the Tesla. And uh, we figured out on paper, it is a seven year return on investment for us because between Dina and I in our two SUVs that we had prior, mm-hmm. we're spending about thirteen grand a year in fuel. And now, and I'm not sponsored by Tesla, by the way. And in in with a motorcycle, I don't have any sponsors. Everything has been out of our own pockets. But with the Tesla, we spend zero on gas, yeah. and we have ten solar panels here at the house, and so we don't visit gas stations. And when we're on the road driving to Florida or we're going to New York, there's charging stations along the way and those charging stations are free. So we're saving 13 grand a year by not buying gas. That is a quick return on investment. And the car's remarkable. It has, you know, self-driving or level two autonomy and Mm -hmm. every aspect about the car is just amazing. And I just I, I'm in love with it, and every day I go out to the garage and see it there, I'm just amazed of the technology that has gone into the vehicle. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic what Tesla's done in such a short time. I have a friend, a shout-out to Bill, who's probably listening. His daughter works at Tesla. She's been there for about a year now and just raves about working for the company. So uh, maybe we need to give Elon a call and, and have him do a little sponsor for what you're doing here for uh, <laughs> going across the country. I think we can try to work something out. That's fantastic, especially since you're operating off solar panels because a lot of people go, well, yeah, but, you know, you're getting electricity out of a wall. It's coal burned to produce that electricity, but not when you're pulling it off your rooftop. So that's very, very cool. I like that. How about a car that you've let go or a bike you've let go that you wish you had back? Is there one of oh, those sad God. stories? <laughs> God, Mark, now you're you're pulling on my heartstrings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to even think about this. Oh, okay. I had saved up and I ate rice for three months. <laughs> and I had, yeah, I bought a 25 bag 
pound bag of rice. I figured, how am I going to be able to afford this Harley? Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine had a FXRSP. It was a special police, but it had been stripped down to the frame and rebuilt with S and S motor. Wow. It had Del- Delcron magnesium cases on it. It was a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. And for Harley, that's saying a lot because they're just so heavy. Phenomenal bike. And I had suffered so much to be able to save and get it that I never thought I would part with it. But our AC went out and I had nothing um, you know, in the bank that I could, you know, in the budget to be yeah. able to afford to get it. So I ended up selling that bike. But I was literally welling up when <laughs> the guy put it on the trailer. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe and so if out there your listeners, if there's a guy that bought an FX RP or SP in Lancaster, California. Oh yeah. Early two thousands. Give me a call. Buy that bike back. Yeah, please give Carl a buzz. He wants to talk to you. I'm sorry I brought that up, but I asked all my guests that question, and you know, <laughs> at least you got to enjoy the bike while you had it. We all have those stories. Very few of my guests say net. I don't care about anything I've sold. There's a few people out there that have said that, but maybe they just haven't had anything cool like that. So. Well, let's um, let's talk about what's happening today and in the future about current projects, things that have you really excited and fired up. And I'd I'd love for you to talk about maybe some future goals you have for some setting some new records, perhaps, perhaps. But also talk a bit about what you're doing with the motorcycle relief project because it's such a such a wonderful program, and I'd like our listeners to learn a little bit more about it. The motorcycle relief project is a five hundred one three C charity, and it is ran by a gentleman in Colorado by the name of Tom Larson, and he has uh, taken out a loan and purchased eight motorcycles, and he takes veterans out on five-day rides, and the veterans pay nothing. Uh, the charity picks it up, so if this soldier is a combat veteran and they qualify and they have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or sleeping disorders, uh, depression, anger management issues – that soldier will be selected to go on one of these trips, and they spend all day riding. It's 95% riding all day. So it's such a high-focus activity that it helps their, you know, their, their minds um, formulate some new neural pathways and build some good memories, mm-hmm. give them a chance to de-stress – and then in the evenings, they have workshops with count, uh, counselors that allow them to open up, share some of their experiences with other people that are going through the exact same thing as them. Oh, wonderful. It's a safe place where they can speak freely and not worried about, you know, someone at the VA, you know, yeah, you know judging judge them, them as yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they find out that they're not the only ones that can't sleep through the night or they are carrying you know, survivor's guilt or they have depression. And the reason I, I partnered up with this charity is because 22 soldiers a day, veterans, come home and take their own lives. Oh, they're having a really hard time reintegrating back into what we call normal society after being on heightened alert and doing, you know, these guys put their lives on hold. They're away from their families for sometimes up to 18 months on a deployment. 
So they're away from their loved ones, and they do so much for us that this is just one small thing that I can do is to bring awareness. Um, I, you know, I volunteer for the charity and you know run the you know support van or whatever I can do yeah. to help them. But it's a really good program, and it, it gives these guys a chance to speak with counselors, and um, they get some tools to help them get unstuck in their lives. Oh, it's fantastic. Sounds like an awesome, awesome program. Kudos to you and the folks that run that program and help our veterans, which uh, is absolutely spectacular. So a uh, really great thing that you're doing there. Fantastic. It must make you feel really good as well, right? I feel good uh, participating and helping out. Um, it's a way for me as a business owner to give something back to the community mm-hmm. other than just, you know, the toils of my hands and labor. This is really fulfilling. You know, if it's not this charity, you know, I would encourage listeners if, if um, you know, you have the time and even if you don't have the time, maybe sometimes you need to make the time. Mm-hmm to um, get involved with a charity and and maybe it's not just cutting a check to them maybe it's you know you know getting there and and participating yes. because it is really rewarding as an individual absolutely spectacular now here's a very introspective question for you carl if you were a car or a motorcycle what kind would you be and why <laughs> i'd be a model x a model? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, why would you be a Model X? Well, I in, in my business, I try to adapt as much new technology as possible that would make me efficient. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm usually on a 30-day waiting list. <laughs> so currently, it takes 30 days from the time you order your X to get one. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm... And similar to Elon Musk, who's kind of a disruptor in that space, mm-hmm. um, at risk of sounding like a you know huge fan of Elon Musk, I just think that I'm I'm similar in the way I approach my business. I mean, we do thermography, and hardly any other contractor uh, uses a thermal camera in you know evaluating a building envelope and so forth. So right. um, by adopting new things. And um, I think I'm most most uh, I can relate uh, to the Model X. I think very cool. I like that. That's why I like that question so much. It brings out some interesting answers for sure. So Carl, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life car covers front end masks dash covers seat covers floor mats and much much more covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle covercraft is the right choice i use them on all my vehicles and your special vehicles will love them too learn more today at covercraft.com and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, Cars Yeah. 
If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Carl, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. And then I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Especially for someone who's driving across country or even down the street. <laughs> Don't turn the key till your seatbelt is on. Absolutely. I, I still can't believe it when I see people driving without their seatbelts. Ju- it's just mind-boggling to me. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success over the years? I'd have to say, uh, you know, similar answer to what I said uh, before is that, you know, being on time, period. Don't make a promise to a client if you're not going to be there because, you know, people carve out their day to shape around when you're going to show up. And nothing's more frustrating than someone telling you, well, I'll be there between noon and six. (laughs) I mean, can't we pin it down a little closer? <laughs> oh, yes. You know, my wife and I went through about 10 years, a major remodel on our house, and it had about destroyed us. I just thought, oh, my goodness, it was horror. It was a horror. just absolutely horrible. I just couldn't believe the way people did their business. But that's another story. How about a resource? Is there a resource out there you think the Car Shout listeners would enjoy? Yeah, the Motorcycle Relief Project's website is motorelief.com. Dot org. The second one, it's called the Transcontinental Drivers Association, and there's great stories in there for um, guys that have set records going back 100 years. Uh, the first family that crossed the United States was uh, Jacob Murdoch that loaded his family into a car, and they drove cross-country in the early 1800s, and he he, he takes the record for first family. Wow. Of course, uh, Nelson Horatio Jackson, who uh, was the first man to take an automobile across country. And there's a, plenty of stories uh, located on that on that website. And so if history of automotive interests you like way, way back, uh-huh. then there's plenty of stories on there for folks. Very cool. That's a new one for me. So I'll look forward to looking at that. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently you think the Cars Out listeners should read as well? Just last night, I started The War of Art. And um, so far, I'm just, uh, you know, just a few pages into it. I got interrupted. I thought it was going to be a quick read, but and it is, but I just got interrupted. And it, it talks about in the first few chapters, just resistance and how we build our own resistance in our lives that kind of keep us from taking on that project that we've always wanted to do. Say a guy's wanted to rebuild a 69, um, you know, Camaro his whole entire life, and he just brings up excuses in his brain uh, and tells himself all the reasons why he can't do it versus just doing it and taking those first steps. 
And so I, I, I could really get behind anyone that, you know, uh, picked up that book and just got some personal growth out of that. Yeah, that book is by Stephen Pressfield. It's a great book. And you're right. It's a book about breaking down obstacles and things that happen in your mind that keep you from achieving those goals. Little goals, big goals, huge goals, like trying to set a work record to go across the the country in a vehicle. So uh, great book. I'm glad you recommended that. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com on Carl's very own show notes page. Just type Carl into the search bar. And that page will pop up. And there's a great place called Guest Recommended Books on the Cars yeah website where you can find this book and all the past 508 guest books with quick, easy links to purchase. All right, Carl, we are up to the checkered flag. I can see that coastline coming. We're almost there after all those hours on the roadway. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car or one collector motorcycle, once again, since you're you're into bikes, but don't worry about the price. Today, I'll buy you whatever car you'd like. What would that one vehicle be and why? Hmm. Well, Mark, if you're paying, I would like to buy the car that my grandpa had seller's remorse on. And he owned a limited edition 1972 Cadillac Eldorado Eldora. Eldora. Now, that's I'm not sure about that car. Tell me a little bit about what made it so special. Well, it was uh, one of 500 that was ever made. And my grandfather, uh, from the time he was growing up, he worked very hard and wanted to um, you know, own Cadillacs when uh, he got older. And he fulfilled that dream. And he owned several. But um, the dealer had offered him one time this Eldora. And it was one of 500 made. And he cherished that vehicle. I mean, that um, it had a huge engine in it. I don't have it committed to memory what size engine was in it because I was very small at the time. But um, if I could have any car in my garage, uh, I would like to uh, own that Cadillac that my grandfather had. Yeah, I don't think I've even ever seen one of those cars. So uh, I believe it had some kind of special unique hood ornament, maybe, uh, that kind of played back to the old, the woman on the hood ornament instead of the traditional one. Do you remember that? Yeah, there was a huge chrome woman ornament that was on the front, and the grill was reminiscent of a Rolls-Royce grill. It was a huge chrome piece along the front, and it was a two-door, and it kind of had a special vinyl uh, roof, but... Uh, my grandpa knew he made it when he, he owned a you know one of five hundred ever made. He uh, he really cherished that. And if if price was no object, that that would definitely be a car I would love to have um, in my garage. That sounds fantastic. Wonderful memories, your grandfather. And I know early on in our talk, he talked about taking road trips with him. So uh, great choice. I like that. Very unique. You're the first one to ever pick that vehicle. So <laughs> you're very unique in that sense. Very nice. Well, Carl, you've taken me on an awesome ride. I knew you would. I really enjoyed meeting and learning more about you. And I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journeys, your record-setting journeys with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off on that cross-country drive in your grandpa's 75 DeVille? Well, if anyone wants to follow any of the records that we'll be setting this year, they can log on to carlreese.net. And uh, we have probably about three more world records that we'll be setting this year. And there's also some video on there if they want to see any clips of the motorcycle run. 
Wow. Fantastic. Well, real quickly, what are the three records you're looking to set this year? <laughs> I can share uh, one with you. Um, okay. The, that's not uh, absolutely top secret, but okay. it, it's still under the covers. But by the time this gets aired, uh, we'll be so close to launching that it won't have any effect. Dina has um, um, set several world records herself, and she is going to set the longest um female motorcycle record by a new licensee now it's very granular uh but she hasn't acquired her motorcycle license yet and she's never had a motorcycle license but we are going to leave the dmv parking lot on june 2nd i believe is the date that we have marked that she takes her test and we're leaving los angeles and she's going to drive to pruho bay alaska Oh my gosh. And then from there, we drive south back down to Denver and then across the United States to uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then finishing up around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Wow. This almost sounds like the Iron Butt competition that I've heard about where people ride from corner to corner to corner of the United States. Yeah. Man. So wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so that that's one, and uh, your your listeners will have to stay tuned to your uh, podcast to uh, catch up on the rest. Absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, get behind you, support you, and also get uh, involved in what you do for the, the motorcycles, uh, the veterans of the motorcycles with Motorcycle Relief Project? The best place is net. And there is a direct link right on my website to help out with the Motorcycle Relief Project. Fantastic. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Carl shared with us today on his show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Carl in the search bar and that page will pop up. Carl, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your incredible experiences with the listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for having me on Cars Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.